0: On the field and inside the clubhouse, this is Brewers Extra Innings. 2-2 pitch to Wong, strike three called, and the ball game is over. Final score, 14-4, Pittsburgh takes the opener of the doubleheader. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee, with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Bolling.
1: You know, one of those cliches that you hear in baseball all the time. You have a rough game, and you say, well, you know what? You get to play again tomorrow. Well, on this one today, it's not about playing again tomorrow. It's about playing again in about an hour or so. Tough day today for the Brewers in game one of the Twin Bill. They lose by a 14-4 score. Game two of this doubleheader is going to be coming up at 6.05. We've got network coverage at 5.30. That means myself. And former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, we have you uh, until uh, five thirty here on WTMJ. Augie, this was—I um, thought this was a weird one because Pittsburgh scores those four runs in the third inning, but that was an inning where it was just a bunch of. Ground ball, weak contact, finding holes, being placed in good spots, only one ball off the infield. So you couldn't really blame Brett Anderson too much for what happened in that inning. That was just a bad luck inning, and you get that with pitch-to-contact guys, but then you fast-forward into the fourth and fifth innings, and that's where the wheels kind of come off. And it was uh, it was odd how that happened because the third inning, it didn't seem like anything was going wrong except for bad luck, and then all of a sudden... Uh, legitimately starting to get hard there in the fourth. Hit hard in the fourth.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, anytime you go against Pittsburgh, one thing about the Pittsburgh ball club and the, they're struggling a little bit. You look at their record; they're last in in the division. But they're a ty- they're a type of team where they put the ball in play. They don't strike out a lot. They put the ball in play, and the way the game started with with uh, with Brett really throwing the ball really well. He struck out uh, the side in the first inning. He just gave up a double in the second, just eleven pitch inning. In the second, but in the third inning, they just f- balls that find holes, and those things do happen when you go up. there you're patient at the plate you put the ball in play things are going to happen but that fourth inning uh, it just seemed like he was making some pitches over the middle plate got behind a little bit and uh, I'll tell you what I thought the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pirates from that inning on really swung the bat very well.
1: Yeah, and you look at what they do with runners in scoring position today. They go 8 for 16, the Brewers 1 for 3. And the bullpen, uh, Shreve Mears and Oviedo, they combine for the final three innings and do not give up a hit. Uh, the Brewers were getting after Bryce Wilson there pretty good. He gives up four runs on seven hits in four innings. Yeah, we, It's kind of the reverse. We, we see it sometimes where a starting pitcher... Is dominating, and then they go to the bullpen, and a team all of a sudden starts taking some hacks off some bullpen pitchers. And anytime that happens, I feel like there's a lot of legitimacy to. How good that starting pitcher was pitching that day because of how a team did against the bullpen. Well, Augie, it's the exact opposite today. The Brewers had all kinds of success against Wilson, but as soon as the Pirates go to their bullpen, uh, they just could not find much of anything.
2: And that's what you're seeing out of this Pittsburgh ball club. They're trying to find out what, who, and when, and how they can use what starters. And you know, I think one thing that they were doing today, they were really they had a little bit of a leeway with Wilson because the Brewers are really uh, swinging the bat well. They had good at-bats or swinging but hitting the ball hard and uh, and he just looked like he was struggling but they did make the move finally after a tie score and and uh, the bullpen came in really did a nice job and and usually we see this Pittsburgh ball, ball club is their bullpen has been struggling a little bit their starters have been just very okay their bullpen is where they've really had some issues today the bullpen was very good for three innings.
1: And, you know, the one guy who really gets beat up pretty good is, uh, is Justin Topa today for the Brewers, and we'll certainly uh, discuss him coming up in, uh, in just a bit. The bullpen, for the most part, for the Brewers has done a, a nice job, but today Topa got beat up a little bit. Miguel Sanchez uh, came into a tough spot. He ends up giving up a run. And uh, we'll discuss those guys coming up uh, in our next segment. Again, we are going to take you until 5.30. That's when we're going to head back into network coverage with Jeff Levering and Lane Grindle. If you want to join us between now and then, you can call or you can text into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk text line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk text line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers come up short in game one of the doubleheader. Final score, 14-4. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ.
0: Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ.
1: To Pittsburgh in Game One of the doubleheader. Game Two coming up. First pitch uh, a little bit more than an hour from now, six oh five. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, alongside a few uh, text messages to uh, get to at 855-616-1620, the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Joe in Bristol says, "What a train wreck after the four-game sweep of Chicago." Let's get back on track for Game Number Two. While Doug says, uh, "Like you said." The Pirates were due to win. No big deal. But get the split tonight. Do not get swept. Get at least four innings from Ashby. Augie, I am a big, 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 big believer in do theory. And what that means is when a team is due to do something, that they do. And the Pirates were on an eight-game losing streak, so that means they were due to win a game. Uh, I always hate it when a team, you know, we saw it earlier this year when the Diamondbacks were on that really long losing streak. It just feels like... If you're facing off against a team that's got a long losing streak, they, they, they got to win at some point. That losing streak's going to end at some point. They're always due to win.
2: Well, you know this is and this is a Pittsburgh ball club that they're going to put the ball in play. I, I like I said earlier, they don't strike out a lot. They put the ball in play on the offensive side, side of the ball. They do have some really good swing uh, hitters. You know, you look at what Kevin Newman did today—four doubles. Often you see that's pretty special at bat. But everybody in their batting order played a role in the game today. They have 19 hits. They all swung the bat very well, and you're going to get games every once in a while. That's going to happen, and it's just one of those things where I think they took a, the took a, a piece of a chapter from, a, from the Brewers and batted around and, and really swung the bat very well. And those things do happen. But the big thing, now the Brewers need to bounce back. But you've got to give credit to the offense for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They, after that fourth inning, it just seemed early in the ballgame that Brett was throwing the ball pretty well until at 30 and gave up a couple runs. But that fourth inning on, uh, they really were patient at the plate and hit the ball all over the ballpark.
1: Yeah, Nancy texted and says it feels like the Brewers got a taste of what they've been doing to other teams. Uh, they've crushed with uh, with double digit runs. And uh, by the I believe Nancy uh, knocked on the window at State Fair the other day and said hello. So I uh, appreciate her doing that. But yeah, I mean, look, it's baseball. Y- you don't make too much out of a uh, out of a single uh, game. Uh, we got it's a text for the nine two zero. My do theory said the roulette wheel works too. Red, black, odd even. I like that. I'll probably stick with two theory. Yeah. Augie, <laughs> uh, we don't get to do this very often where we're on together right before a game. So uh, I, I want to ask you about uh, your thoughts on Aaron Ashby because uh, it's been an interesting start to the year for him where in that first start that he made, he really struggled, did not get out of the first inning. Uh, that was kind of a bullpen game, but it was uh, he was still the initial outgetter. And then last time out, he looked really good through two innings but then the rain came and he wasn't able to continue. It feels like this might be the first opportunity to really get a legitimate start out of Aaron Ashby.
2: Well, I think for Aaron, he's going to find out that the Major League Baseball has other teams than the Cubs, because his first two starts were against the Cubs. But but no, uh, the first time out, I, you know, it just seemed like he was trying to be, he was going to go and he was going to be aggressive from spring training. His success in spring training this year has, was with his aggressiveness, going right after hitters, throwing strikes, and, and just going right at hitters. And I think the first time out, he got away from what he really does best, and that's being able to command his pitches and execute them. And he did that last time out against the Cubs. I thought he was throwing the ball very well. He used all his pitches. He used that good, sharp slider. He's known for having that good slider. He had it that night. So, it was it was a good time for him, even though the rain came, to go out and pitch very consistently and understand that it's not so much about being overly aggressive like he was the first time out. It's about being aggressive, but yet staying within yourself and execute your pitches. And I look forward for him tonight. This is going to be a good challenge for him. It's a Uh, it's a start uh, where he got a little bit of a routine from his last start so I think it's interesting I think he's going to throw the ball very well Uh, he's it's all about command it's about execution staying in those sequences and uh, he'll he'll be pitching with Omar behind the plate like he did last time out so they'll have that little camaraderie that will help and help a young starter and uh, I'm anxious to watch him pitch
1: One other note, Augie, we are on no-hitter watch right now. The Phillies and the Reds are playing. That game is in the bottom of the seventh inning. The Phillies lead the Reds 2-0, a combined no-hitter so far. Matt Moore got the start for the Phillies. He went six, no hits, eight strikeouts, two walks. His pitch count was at 76. Hector Neris uh, is the most recent pitcher uh, for, the, uh, for the Phillies. So they are trying to pull off a combined no-hitter. So a situation there that uh, we saw that earlier this year with the Brewers where a pitcher gets pulled. We saw that with Hauser uh, that a pitcher gets pulled when, uh, when throwing a no-hitter i, I got to look at more and see. Uh, this may have been more of a bullpen game than anything else for the Phillies. i got to look at more and see uh, how much he's been pitching recently. But certainly something notable, and it involves the Reds, so I'm sure folks are interested in that.
2: Well I think when you look at Cincinnati Reds right now you look, when you think of Cincinnati Reds, you think of offense and how well they have been swinging the bat putting runs on the board and you know they've been getting better pitching today the the matchup with Moore and Castillo was a great was a good matchup for on the Cincinnati side but uh Moores, been, uh, Moore's not, I don't think he's an everyday starter for the Phillies, but uh, I'll tell you what he has the, has the ability to throw the ball very well and now you got nearest who is at times was their closer so it's going to be an interesting couple innings and see what they can do to finish off the ball game.
1: Yeah, so he has started 10 games this year for the Phillies, but this was his first start since late July. He had made two relief appearances uh, since his last start. When he was starting he was stretched out. He got to 96 in one game. I think that's his season high for pitches. Uh, but he had not thrown that was back on July 22nd. He hadn't thrown more than 70 pitches since then. So one of those tough decisions to be made, but that decision was made. Augie, we will talk to you after the second game. Hopefully we were talking about a Brewers split of the doubleheader. Brewers uh, come up short against the Pirates 14-4 in game 1. The news coming up in about 2 minutes and then We'll be back with the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
0: It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. WTMJ.
1: Manny Peeney delivers, and it's 3-0 Milwaukee. That didn't stay that way for very much uh, longer there. After the Brewers took a 3-0 lead, they would be outscored 14-1 to the rest of the way, and they end up losing by a 14-4 score. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pawley. If you want to join us, you can do so, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. We have you until 5.30, and that's when we head back out to PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Jeff Levering and Lane Grindle will have Game 2 of our win bill. Manager Craig Council did meet with the media between games as he uh, opened up his uh, post-game thoughts. He talked about the uh, soft contact that really resulted in kind of an unfair four-run inning there in the third inning where Brett Anderson was not performing that poorly. All right, so we do not have Craig Council available. We will see if we can uh, circle back with that coming up in uh, in just a few moments. DJ, if you get Craig Council uh, back available, uh, go ahead and let me know, and we will see whether or not we can uh, get that here in just a moment or so. All right, let's try that again. This is Craig Council speaking with the media just a little bit ago. Yeah,
3: I mean, that's, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. They... You know, that i that the inning they scored four in the the third and you know, a couple swing and bunt and um you know, the ball that we couldn't the ball of short stuff from park, so it's just kinda of nice and well timed hit. So I mean they, they swung the best well, they put the ball on the ground, they just hit it where we weren't today, hit it over our heads on the ground, um, you know, and then they got some big hits too. So we just they got a bunch of hits. You're muted, Todd. Sorry, uh, Brett struck out the side in the first, obviously, but uh, he, he looked good early. It didn't look like that calf was any issue for him at all. No, there's there's no injury issue. Like I mean, the you know the the third inning is just an inning that happens, unfortunately. Um, you know, where they they timed uh, to put two infield hits and then uh, we didn't complete a play with a chance to get out of the inning. It, Willie really almost made a great play, but just threw a little wide. And so that that's just a baseball inning. Brett did, Brett did fine that inning, for sure. Um, you know, we got to the fourth, and it's 5-4, and you're hoping that Cousins can kind of keep it there and maybe a strikeout and keep it one-run game, and we're still in it. It's, and It just didn't work out, and they did a nice job after that. Craig, how much of that was uh, just the fact that, that a lot of your pitchers were pitching behind in the count in this game, especially through those middle innings? yeah that, that factored in I mean they i, I mean I thought they swung they swung the about well against topa uh they did a nice job uh he kind of was unable to finish hitters I thought was kind of the big thing with that inning so no they they did a nice job they got whatever 16 17 18 hits they did a nice job. Taylor continues to swing a, a bat well for you especially early in the game when when uh you know you needed a, a big hit to tie it back up he had the double and the home run early in this one Craig. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, we did a nice job offensively, I thought, through, you know, the first four innings to put us there, and then the, the game got a little out of hand. But, um, you know, we gave ourselves a shout. We put some runs on the board. We gave ourselves a lead. Um, kind of just one of those games where in the third, baseball happened, and, and and we're down, and they got some, you know, they got some runs without really the ball leaving the infield. They got four runs, and I think one ball left the infield. So, uh, you know, you there's nothing you can do about it. You know, we 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 had a play to, to maybe keep a couple runs off the board. Would have been a really good play. Let's just you just move on. Craig, how, how did you settle on Chase to pitch that last inning? And how, how did you think he did overall? We took a team vote. Jace um, got 14 votes, and um, nobody else got any. No, we, Jace has done it before. We, Jace and I have talked about it. We, he's done it before, um, and just with the, with the next couple of days, the the doubleheader, obviously covering seven more innings, um, and then tomorrow it um, it made sense just to save a save an arm there. Um, so, you know, we um, Jace did a nice job. He just asked the guy to throw strikes, and you know, hopefully they hit a couple of balls at people, and he, he did exactly that. So he did he did a great job. That did, did it as good as we could have hoped for. Yeah, I mean, what kind of an opportunity. opportunity? Sorry, Craig. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, uh, Craig, what kind of an opportunity this will be for for Aaron to uh, to pitch Game Two for you uh, early in his career, getting getting a chance basically to make back to back starts for you. Well, it's it's you know this is really rain. The, the rain helped us here almost, um, and then that he didn't he didn't. Um, have to do a lot. So we, we, we took that opportunity to, you know, through 23 or 27 pitches. And um, so it it gave us a chance to keep him here. And um, we thought, you know, in case anything happens this weekend, it just so happens we got rain again. So we talked about it yesterday morning that if we got rain, that that it made sense to bring back Ashby again on another start and in a shorter game. So um, just kind of worked just the way the rain – the rain really got him to start. You know that that's what helped us out, and we get a 27th guy for it.
1: Council speaking just right, a little nice while day. ago after the Brewers lose in uh, game number one of the doubleheader by a 14 to four score. Uh, By the way, just a a programming note for if you are tuning in and you're looking for the Packers uh, broadcast, Packers uh, tonight on 94.5 ESPN. So you can switch to our sister station, 94.5 on the FM dial, 94.5 ESPN. And that's where you can find uh, Packers football as they open up their preseason run. They are matched up this evening against the Houston Texans. We will stick with Brewers coverage as we've got game two of the doubleheader coming up with a 6.05 first pitch. Network coverage at 5.30. Not done talking about Game 1 yet, though. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes.
0: Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Bolling. 14-4
1: Brewers fall to the Pirates in game one of a doubleheader at the beginning of the game It certainly did not look like it was gonna go that way starting pitching matchup Brett Anderson on the mound for the crew Bryce Wilson going for the Pirates first batter of the game in the top of the first inning is Colton Wong the 3-1 pitch Swinging a
0: high fly deep into right field. This one is way gone. Four rows from the top for Colt Wong, his ninth home run of the season, and just like that, the Brewers are out in front, one
1: to nothing. They add to the lead in the second inning. It gets started with Rowdy Tellez getting a base hit that brings up Tyrone Taylor. Swinging a line drive down the left field line. It's a fair ball. It's going to head into the corner. Rowdy Telez is going to end up at third base easily on a double by Tyrone. So runners on at second and third for Jackie Bradley Jr. He reaches on a fielder's choice where uh, they caught Taylor off the back at second. Telez did not go off of third, so uh, Taylor was trying to get back to second. There was no time, so that's a fielder's choice. It puts runners on at first and third, but then a wild pitch allows Rowdy Telez to score. That makes it a 2-0 game. Uh, there was a throwing error on that play as well uh, that uh, results in the runner moving up, and it brings up Manny Pena. Infield all the way in now, the 1-2. Swing and a line drive, base hit to center. Manny Pena delivers, and it's 3 nothing Milwaukee. So everything is looking good at that point. Brett Anderson rolled through his first two innings, but things changed just a bit in the third. The inning gets started with a Kevin Newman double. That makes it through the hole at shortstop. Then Bryce Wilson puts down a sacrifice that allows Newman to move to third, and it brings up Hoy Park.
0: Ground ball to short. Fielding is Adamas, and Park's going to be safe at first. Coming down the line and scoring is Newman, and the Pirates are on the board.
1: Brian Hayes then gets a uh, infield base hit that puts Park at second. Brian Reynolds then walks. So runners on uh, on all the bases, and it's a situation where it's some walks, it's some infield uh, hits. Uh, the Colin Moran-, Moran then gets an RBI ground out. That scores Park, and it brings up Jacob Stallings.
0: Now here's Jacob Stallings. Ground ball back up the middle. Gobbled up by Adamas to his feet. The throw to first is not picked by Telez. Two runs are going to score, and the Pirates have taken a 4-3
1: to lead. Four runs on four hits in the inning, but that's one of those times where the box score does not tell the story because there was a lot of soft contact, a lot of stuff that was placed well on the infield, only one ball off the infield, but it's a four-run inning for the Pirates. You give them credit for being able to make it contact. The Brewers would tie it up, though, in the top of the fourth inning thanks to Tyrone Taylor.
0: pitch, this is a high drive deep left field, back is Park at the track,
1: and Park reaches up, it is gone for Tyrone Taylor so that that makes it a 4-4 game, but that's it for the Brewers scoring and uh, the Pirates would uh, start to take control beginning in their half of the fourth, Gregory Polanco leads the inning off with a base hit, then Kevin Newman doubles runners on at second and third it brings up a pinch hitter in John Nagowski
0: Here's the 2-0 to Nogowski. and this is a line drive into left. It's going to drop in front of Yelich. Polanco is in. He's going to score. Newman will stop at third. Pirates back out in front 5-4 on the RBI single from John Nogowski.
1: Hoy Park strikes out, but that ends the day for Brett Anderson as Jake Cousins comes on. First batter he faces is Cabrine Hayes.
0: Cousins 2-0 pitch, and it's a solid line drive into center field for a base hit. So Newman will trot
1: down the line and score. It's an RBI single for key, Brian Hayes, and it's 6-4 Pirates. A walk to Brian Reynolds, but then Colin Moran would ground into a double play. That gets the Brewers out of it. It's a two-run game, 6-4. Chasen Shreve comes on to pitch the fifth inning for the Pirates. In the bottom of the fifth, the Pirates would keep doing their thing. New pitcher is Justin Topa. With one out, Rodolfo Castro gets a base hit, then Gregory Polanco singles. Runners on at the corners before Polanco steals second to make it second and third for Kevin Newman.
0: Topa's 2-1, and it's a chopper over the head of Escobar in the shallow left field. This is going to score two runs as Castro's in, Polanco is in. The throw to second is not going to be in time, and Newman with just a Baltimore chop
1: Wilmer Defoe then comes up to the plate as a pinch hitter.
0: Topa's 1-2 pitch. And it's a bouncer over the glove of Topa, and that's going to get into center field. Around third and scoring is Newman, and that's how this game has gone for the Pirates and the Brewers.
1: After Hoy Park gets a base hit, Brian Hayes has an RBI uh, ground out that uh, scores Wilmer Defoe. Uh, Jace Peterson then uh, comes on uh, into the game playing shortstop on a double switch, and Miguel Sanchez uh, comes in as a pitcher. Mentioned Peterson because of what happens a little bit later, but Miguel Sanchez on to pitch, and the first batter he faces is a Brewers killer in Brian Reynolds. 3-1 pitch. Drilled out to right, back on
0: it, and looking up is Taylor. It is gone
1: number 21 on the year for brian reynolds is in the two-run shot it's 12-4 a six-run inning for the pirates makes it indeed 12-4 mentioned jace peterson he moves from his shortstop position to uh the mound as he is a position player pitching in the bottom of the sixth inning he uh, does give up a couple runs in the inning to get to the final score of 14-4, but the Brewers are able to save the bullpen just a bit uh, by using Jace Peterson. So uh, the Pir- Pirates get the win. They go to 42-74. The Brewers drop to 70-47 and winning totals for the Pirates. 14 runs, 19 hits, 1 air. They leave 8 for the Brewers, four runs, seven hits, no errors. They leave three. The winning pitcher is Jason Shreve. He's 1-0. and Brett Anderson takes the loss, dropping to 4-6. and Home runs in the game. Brian Reynolds is 21st of the year for the Pirates, while Colton Wong, he hits his ninth for the Brewers. The game lasting two hours and 43 minutes, played in front of a crowd of 16,991 folks at PNC Park. Brewers get the, the uh, come up short. They lose to the Pirates 14-4 in game one of the doubleheader. When we return, we will pass along the starting lineup for game number two of the Twin Bill. And we'll also uh, continue to uh, get ready. Uh, we'll give you some scores from around baseball as well. That's all coming up. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers
0: Extra Innings on WTMJ.
1: to wrap up this edition of Brewers Extra Innings. We'll have another edition of Brewers Extra Innings coming up in probably just about three hours or so depending on how long game number two of the doubleheader ends up going. Game two coming up in just a few moments. Let's take a look at what else is going on around the National League Central. The no-hitter is over between the Phillies and the Reds. The Phillies were uh, throwing a no-hitter through seven innings uh, but they could not continue that on. It was a combined no-hitter Archie Bradley came in to pitch for the Phillies. Not only does he give up a run, he gives up a home run, ends up giving up a run on two hits in one inning, but the Phillies do still lead the Reds. That is a 3-1 score that game in the bottom of the eighth inning. Cubs and Marlins just now getting underway. That game is scoreless in the bottom of the first inning and then coming up uh, later on it's going to be the Cardinals against the Royals at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. For the Cardinals, John Lester is going to be on the mound. That's still so weird to say. 3 and 6 record, a 5.57 ERA. The Royals will have uh, Brad Keller making the start in that contest 7 and 11 with a 5.79 ERA. So this is what the standings look like right now at this very moment. Again, that Reds game still needs to uh, come to an end, and the Brewers have another game to play. But as it sits, the Brewers lead in the division sitting at seven games. The Cardinals are 10 games back, and then the Cubs 18.5, and the Pirates are 27.5 games back. As far as the wild card standings go, Dodgers holding the top wild card while the Padres hold the second wild card. It continues to tighten up just just a little bit behind the Padres. I still think that in all likelihood it's going to be those three NL West teams all getting in the postseason. Whoever wins the NL West, probably the Giants and the Dodgers and Padres grabbing the wild cards. But the Padres have been... uh they have been human lately, to say the least. They have won only five of their last ten games, and they're on a three-game losing streak right now. The Reds are within two and a half games of the Padres. Even the Phillies, the Braves, the Cardinals, and Mets, they are all within six or less games of uh, of the San Diego Padres. So I still think that's going to be a little bit of a race there for the wild card. The most interesting race right now going on in all of uh, baseball is what's taking place in the National League East, where you have three teams all within at this very moment all within a half game of each other the phillies and the braves have identical records of 60 and 56 and then you have the mets who are a half game back at 59 and 56 so just uh one game back in the win column right now uh, are the new york mets that's going to be fun to see how that all ends up playing out all all three of those teams are incredibly flawed baseball teams none of them are great baseball teams but we said that it's, it's very similar to what happened last year in the National League Central where – uh, you had the Brewers and you had the Reds making it into the postseason in the expanded postseason albeit but uh, into the postseason last year uh, as teams that did not have very good records uh, you look at that National League East and none of those teams are especially good I mean the division leader in the National League East has 10 less wins uh, than the Brewers and 15 less wins than the Giants the two uh, first place teams in the other two divisions respectively that's just kind of the way things are alright this is how the uh, lineup is is going to stack up in game number two of our doubleheader. Colton Wong will once again lead things off. He is at second base. Willie Adamas, he bats second. He is the shortstop. Christian Yelich, he's going to bat third today. He is in uh, left field. So a little bit of a a, a change there uh, as they are going to uh, put Yelich in the three spot and Adamas in the two spot Honestly, I don't know how much I love that. I think we make too much of lineups, but I like the idea of Yelich as you still try to get his bat going. I like the idea of him being protected by Adamus in the lineup, and I get the the left-right, left-right, left-right nature of this lineup, uh, and and that's, I'm sure, part of the uh, decision-making process, but uh, I just... I want to see. I think I like Yelich as a guy who his best ability right now is getting on base. So being in the uh, two spot makes a little bit of sense there. And then more importantly, I like Adamus hitting behind Yelich because uh, it certainly provides some protection. But. All that being said, we make way too much, way too much of lineups. And Yelich is in the three spot batting uh, and also playing left field. Avisayo Garcia, he is the number four hitter today, playing right field. Omar Narvaez catches the second game of the Twin Bill, batting in the five spot. Luis Urias gets to start at third base, batting sixth. Jace Peterson, who finished the last game on the mound, he gets to start at first base, batting seventh. Lorenzo Kane is in center field, he is batting eighth. And then Aaron Ashby on the mound. he is set to uh, make the start Ashby, no record. ERA at 13.5, but that's way elevated because of his uh, first game where he only got uh, two outs, and uh, his last time out went two scoreless before rain started to come down. I thought it was interesting, so Craig Council talked about this. You know, Ashby stuck around after he was up for that last start. The last time he came up, he came up as the designated 27th man for a doubleheader, and then when he was removed from the Major League roster, he was not returned to Nashville. He stuck with the big league team and was technically... Part of the taxi squad, which is still a thing this year. Teams aren't using it as much. And the Brewers kind of had him there as an insurance policy in case you did have a rain situation. And going into Pittsburgh, well, there's a pretty good chance that there is going to be some type of rain situation. So they didn't really have a roster spot for him. And he was uh, because they get that extra roster spot, uh, they're able to use him today. So it kind of worked out that they got rained out yesterday. It certainly doesn't sound like he would have been uh, active today for uh, either for for a game had uh, had he not uh, had they not had the opportunity to get that twenty uh, seventh man. So that probably sets up Eric Lauer for tomorrow, but we'll wait and see. That is going to do it for me. We're back to network coverage in about one minute. I'll talk to you after the game for another Brewers extra innings here on WTMJ.